You're listening to The Big Lift, the podcast of Web Trends Optimize, the CRO solution that enables marketers and developers to maximize the ROI on their digital properties. Web Trends Optimize is a powerful, feature-rich, and easy-to-use solution, all delivered within a fixed-price contract with no additional cost for increased functionality ever. During these podcasts, we meet some of the key influencers within the marketing and conversion world to understand their roles and examine their challenges. I have with me today Joe Doveton, CEO of Binary Bear, an agency specialising in helping companies get the most from their websites. In a two-section podcast, we firstly talk about experimentation and whether there is any difference between testing and CRO, and if this area of expertise has become commoditized or is still in the hands of specialists. Secondly, we talk to Joe about the upcoming Experimentation Elite Day and the Experimentation Elite Awards, and understand why it's now high time for experimentation to be recognised. Joe, tell me a little about Binary Bear and your reasons for starting the business. Yeah, sure. So uh, I've been in experimentation and um, well, what's become known as experimentation. Um, but uh, when I started working, it was uh, it was multivariate testing and then a conversion rate optimization. I've been working in, in this space for about 12 years. Um, for various agencies and clients direct. And I just kind of ended up with a, with a, a consultancy by accident, really. I, I inherited some training courses from uh, bodies like the IDM, the CIM and Brighton SEO. And it kind of went from there. And, and after you know training a few people, I started picking up some clients. And then I went one day a week doing my business. And I went full-time with it in 2018. So it's kind of naturally expanded itself to fill the space, basically. Uh-huh, yeah. So you've mentioned a few different terms there. You've mentioned MVT, you've mentioned experimentation, and also CRO, conversion rate optimization. What do you believe are the differences between experimentation and CRO? Yeah, it's a really good question. So I think that this space has evolved over the years. And at the, you know, the if you like, the, the, the companies that were the early adopters have accelerated away. And the, the the best businesses in this space, or the, the businesses that are, that to my mind, are, um, are doing optimization um, uh, well, are the companies that have really embedded a culture of experimentation in their business. And you, you kind of see this through businesses that you read about, you know, the kind of numbers of tests that, that, that brands like Google are doing, you know, tens of thousands of tests a year. Um, I also... You know, consider brands like if you think about people like you know the Airbnbs, the Amazons, the Skyscanners, the Ubers. These are all household names that you know over the last um, ten years or so, they've really built their business on a really fast-based process of experimentation, and that comes from the top. So at the you know at the at the if you like the the the, the, the laggard end, the slower end. Where people are just starting to think about, um, you know, how they can how they can improve their CRO, improve their experiment experimentation. A lot of those brands um, are struggling to catch up because they it needs to be led by somebody senior within the business. So it's, it's really it's as much as anything else. It's not something you do. It's a culture shift within the company, and it's scary for a lot of people. So, you know, I think that experimentation is the, if you kind of like, you know, the elite vanguard of, um, 
the CRO optimization world. Um, you don't have to be doing experimentation to be doing CRO, but the companies that are experimenting at scale are the ones that are growing the fastest. One of the things that I, I think people have, I suppose, hung their hat on is CRO tends to be driven through ROI. And I know we're using a lot about, um, you know, abbreviations here, but ROI seems to be the leverage that a lot of the younger marketers, and I mean younger with regard to their experience levels, tend to use to be able to get CRO adopted. Do you feel that's the case and, or is it just another flavor of experimentation? No, I think there is a big, there's a, you know, there is a a bit of truth in that. The, I suppose the implication that comes out of that is that there's, there's not value in tests that don't drive, you know, something in terms of a positive ROI, i.e. experiments that don't win, which of course is, you know, rubbish because um, clearly you can learn as much, if not more from experiments that are not successful but that's um, that, that, excuse me for interrupting but that's difficult to be able to tell your boss absolutely well, again this goes back to the, my first point about you know it needs to be led from the front so you know i've got um one of, one of the quotes that i use when i'm training is from elon musk you know he kind of uh, he gets a bad rep for some of the stupid things that he does uh, but i think this is quite a, a, an interesting point that he made he said this is in regard to spacex he said there's this idea at NASA that failure is not an option. He said at SpaceX, failure absolutely is an option. If you're not failing, you're not innovating enough. And, you know, I think it does It does need to, you do need that license to really be able to push the boundaries in terms of innovation and experimentation uh, in order to, you know, move the dial towards big numbers. Um, a lot of these, you know, a lot of the tests that are run with it on the basis of, you know, we're going to try and get ROI from, from this individual experiment or this very small group of experiments, you know, they're not moving the dial that much. They're not that innovative. So in order to really make that leap, you, you do need to have, if you like, no fear and be able to go into, you know, a series of experimentations uh, without worrying too much about whether it's a, a short-term win or a short-term loss. So how how would you position that? So say, for instance, you were talking to a potential new client that you happen to knock on the door and they you're trying to explain to them the value of experimentation in a way that says, we have to spend money on this. So what's the return that we're going to get if it's not purely monetary? How do you explain that? Well, in a lot of cases, you know, I mean, I, th- I think this is really about making better decisions, and it's about you know what what um, what tools and approaches do you use to make better decisions? Um, the example I always use is lots of people have got Google Analytics, um, which is there is a free version of Google Analytics. Lots of people have got um, Google Analytics three hundred and sixty. You know, what's the ROI of Google three hundred and sixty? It's something that helps you make better decisions. So, you know, this is, to my mind, exactly the same. It's, it's about accessing customer data that allows you to reduce the reliance on, you know, subjective um, ideas or subjective theory and, and add a little bit more rigor to the decision-making process. Taking a couple of steps back, in a bell curve of experimentation adoption between early adoption and commoditization, where do you believe that we are now? 
Oh, well, I think we're um, we're still at the early stages. You like the, the foothills because there are there are many many brands, even you know high street brands that I speak to on a regular basis that that talk a good game and that they say, yeah, you know my um, you know my C level is fully committed to experimentation, but the processes and the technologies and the culture they've got just aren't ready for large scale experimentation. The way that this whole industry works is, of course, there are so many moving parts. So, for example, you know, web development's a big part of it. Um, you know, I speak to people every week who've got web dev backlogs that they that they can't get through. That's holding them up in terms of experimentation programs. There are, you know, other problems about lack lack of resource, and and a big one is lack of skills because, you know, there's no kind of um, if, if you like, at the moment, a kind of like clear sort of university path to becoming a, an optimizer or an experimenter, people struggle massively to get the right people in their teams. So I think we're, we're really only at the early stages of this stuff. But you mentioned this about, you know, the experimentation is still early adopter stage. I wouldn't say it's truly an early adopter because obviously lots of companies are doing some sort uh -huh. of experimentation. But do you think the, the, the fresh marketer out of their university degree are equipped or know enough about experimentation to be able to start implementing it or even having the kind of the question inside their new employer, are we doing experimentation? If not, why not? Well, there's this thing, isn't there, that you, you hear a lot, and, and, and it's, again, it's another sort of jargony term, but the T-shaped marketer. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that there are people have generally wider skill ranges than perhaps they used to. But at the same time, you've also got, you know, and I think this is a lot of this is driven by uh, agencies, very much a siloing of skills. So, you know, one of the things that, I mean, I've, having worked at multiple agencies that, that offer if you like an almost full service solution, part of the problem is a client comes in and they tend to, you know, offer them what the client asks for rather than, rather than solving the problem in front of them. So let's say it's something like, you know, site speed. Does that fit in the CRO team? Does that fit in web development? Does that fit in SEO? You know, there's no, there's no one size, there's no easy answer for that. It probably, if it affects all three of those yeah. departments, so who's, who's going to deal with it? And I think quite often the agencies say, you know, we're going to sell you three kilos of SEO and two kilos of PPC. And, you know, I love that phrase, <laughs> as if it's a drug. Yeah, exactly. Like street value of, you know, 10 million or whatever. But, you know, that, that's what the way I feel a lot of agencies do work. Agencies are obviously a big, re, you know, recruiter for, you know, for of, of talent coming into the industry. And then people do specialise. And, and in particular, Something like experimentation, optimization, CRO, whatever you, you want to call it, that really that's, it's a difficult skill set to fill because you're looking at people who've, you know, they come, they've got stat skills, they might have behavioral science skills, they might have design skills. You know, very few people are going to tickle those boxes. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that SEO, search engine optimization, and Google Analytics are part of mainstream marketing courses now. The digital yeah. marketer has, has to have those skills. Uh -huh. Yet, I think there are very few people that come out of their degree course or whatever it might be that understand the value or the benefit of CRO experimentation, A-B testing, whatever you want to be able to call it. Do you think that's a fundamental issue that needs to be addressed? 
Yeah, well, I'm a little bit out of the loop, I think, with a lot of the, you know, the the, the training companies um, these days. But certainly in within my most recent experience, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, a lot of the industry bodies had trouble selling CRO courses, you know, whereas, you know, SEO courses, copywriting, AdWords were, um, were chock-a-block. And... You know, so I think I think it all maybe always also comes back to some of those organisations that that are selling this course. They, they don't understand it either. They don't know where it fits, um, and you know, it's it's been for as I said, I've been doing it for twelve years. It's always been the kind of like unfashionable uh, younger brother, a little bit compared to, to some of the stuff that, that that sort of gets pushed to the top, um, which is a which has always been a frustration for me, and no doubt other optimizers, but. Um, uh, let me just inter- interrupt by saying, do you think then it's the kind of the geekish person inside the organization that's responsible for experimentation? Because if you say SEO is definitely done around, I don't know, you could you could say it's PR in a, in a different way. Yeah. And you can use analytics, Google Analytics as being a business analyst. CRO, A-B testing seems to fall between the cracks, does it not? Yeah, I, I think there's there is a certain element of that. It's you know people perceive that there's a there's a very large barrier to entry, and I think also a lot, a lot of people in the past have started programs, and you know when it's not straight away um, resulted in from experiment one, you know you've got a fifty percent uplift or some of the outlandish things that you sometimes read about in case studies, people get disheartened. And again, it comes back to you know the that un, that cultural understanding about what the what this is this is experimentation and experiments are going to win lose and draw you you need to trust the science it's not about you know shaking a magic money tree that, that money falls out um, it's not a quick hack it's not a quick way to make a a, a, a buck what it is is a, it's it's the way to to put um, non subjective decision making at the heart of the business and put you know, data in front of decisions. You're never going to make 100% perfect decisions. You're never going to 100% eliminate risk. But what you can do is you can use the data from the experiments that you run to be better informed. And um, the companies that are doing this stuff seem to be growing at a faster rate than the companies that aren't. Do you think that A-B testing, experimentation, CRO will ever be commoditized? Well, um it's difficult being commoditized at the moment, but just because of the fact that the you know there is this like I said a minute ago there is this skill shortage and it's difficult to know there isn't you know, there's if you like there's two routes within the agencies so do you have a team of people with individual specialisms like for example you know you've got stats specialists you've got a behavioural science specialist you've got a persuasion theory specialist you've got a designer or do you you know look for somebody who's got a little bit of all of those skills. Um, and those pe- the people who have got a little bit of all of those skills are harder to find. So it's hard to see that it's going to become um, commoditized immediately. Also, you know, I think if you look at something like SEA, most, most organizations um, work lo- loosely in the same sort of way. There's the, the, the type of services that you get and the tools that are available, um, you know, they are, they're not wildly dissimilar from brand to brand. Whereas... At the moment, within experimentation, you know there is there's, there's flexibility to use a range of tools in your 
in, in your programs. And a lot of it comes down to budget. You know, I work with clients who, who have relatively lower amounts of budget. So you have to work out whether it's better to do customer interviews and, you know, remote user tests or heat maps or scroll maps. And you have to sort of pick and choose. So I think we're a long way from, you know, this, this kind of issue that there's a boilerplate approach to CRO. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. I think whilst there are lots of software tools out there that enable CRO to be done more efficiently, it's still that knowledge base that you need associated with the right tools to be able to, to deliver. And it's it's that kind of hypotheses bit yeah. is one of the challenges that I think that people are struggling with. Because if you don't know, you don't know. Trying to experiment on something, if you don't know what the question is, never mind what the answer is, is very challenging. Absolutely. And also, you know, making sure that the hypothesis is rigorous enough that, you know, you're you're predicting a specific result. You've also done your due diligence, so you know you know roughly how long your experiment's gonna take and how long it's gonna take before you see the effect that you desire and you know, knowing when when to switch on or switch off experiments if you need to. There are a lot of moving parts. Joe, you're responsible for the Experimentation Elite Day and the Experimentation Elite Awards. Could you tell me about them and what prompted you to organise such events? Well, particularly in the awards, um, you know, I'd worked previously at publishing companies and we run award ceremonies for, you know, for various uh, magazine brands. So, you know, I've got some experience within that space and also attended, you know, in the past stuff like the European Search Awards and, you know, various other kind of um, industry events. And I thought it's sort of crazy that, the, if you like, the one of the disciplines that is the most measurable, if you like, and also with case studies where people are making claims of, of great work, that there isn't anything, there isn't a forum out there to reward great work. So, yeah, I originally started working on, on Little Awards about 2018, um, and I hooked up with Jackie and the team from um, the Digital Elite Day, uh, a couple of years ago, and we recruited what we think is a pretty good expert panel. I mean, we've got people like Craig Sullivan, um, who's you know been around uh, for a very long term, worked for brands like Belron, amongst many others over the years, and his company's called Optimize or Die. We've got a uh, Yogi Yorgiev, who's one of the world leaders on uh, A/B testing statistics. We've got Tim Stewart, who's a highly respected speaker and optimizer. Dina Allen. Uh, from Fresh Egg. So, yeah, so that's so we did the first awards in 2020, at the end of 2020, right at the heart of the pandemic. So on that occasion, it was unfortunately a remote event, but um, the feedback from it was fantastic. Um, so, you know, now that we've opened up, we've made the decision to do the, to do the awards again. So the awards take place, I believe, on the 27th of April in London. And this is probably one of the first live events post-COVID. Who's this aimed at? Who are the people that you want to be there? Well, this is really about focusing on the people who are embedded in the optimization industry, who, who really want to kind of know more at the the sharp end, you know, the the, the, the really the, the more sophisticated, the more complicated end of the business from the experts. So the whole day is really geared around, I mean, the clue is in the word elite, you know, the, the speakers that we have here, it's not you know, it's not tips and tricks and getting started. This is for an audience who are already running experiments. It's about getting, squeezing the additional value for optimization about, you know, all areas. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean just landing page tests or 
you know, moving things around the page. This is optimization within all areas of the business. It's kind of thinking about, you know, rather than necessarily just, you know, here's a test on an e-commerce website, we can make an extra 10%. It's like, here's a test on a B2B website. How can we save 40% on customer service costs by doing this? So, you know, these are people that are not, you know, kind of at the early stages, if you like, just, just ticking over with something to impress the boss. This is about people really uh, upskilling themselves with with some uh, some top knowledge transfer from some of the best people in the business. So one of the things we mentioned earlier was educating young marketers or inexperienced marketers. And you've mentioned this is a digital elite day stroke elite awards. Do you think marketers starting out would benefit from being there or do you think they might be put off that it's all far too complicated and deep diving? Well, you know, this is a relatively small event. It's not aimed at the mass market. You know, there are there are other events out there, including, you know, very big SEO events, which are multi-stream. You know, they're aimed at people who have come straight into the industry and, you know, maybe have a limited amount of knowledge, maybe one to two years. This really is about, you know, kind of elite knowledge for people who really need to upskill. Up um, you know, we're not going to be explaining the nuts and bolts of A-B testing or MBT at this event. We will be dealing with, you know, the topics that, that affect people who are managing, you know, more more complex experimentation plans. But, you know, like, it, it, it's not just, uh, you know, two groups, people who've just started and people in in the, uh, you know, at the, at, the, at the top end, there's a huge group in, in the middle who are, yeah. you know, who are progress, pro- progressing from, we're quite effective as optimizers to, you know, we want to be the next set of superstars. How do we go out and do that? Yeah, I mean, looking at the, the speakers and the um, the topics of the speakers are talking about, I think it's definitely an area where everybody can learn something. Yeah. Because while some of them seem, you know, kind of very simplistic, optimize or die from Craig Sullivan that you mentioned before, some of the other things that are, that are out there are just talking about things which are far more relevant to people who may not even have thought about that. So I think an education process that actually delivers may not be groundbreaking, but it's certainly kind of the nudge theory, nudging people to do more more about experimentation as well along the way. I think it's it seems to be packed full of value with some pretty meaty discussion points and things like that. So, you know, you've got people out there from head of data analytics from Compare the Market even if it's just around in a coffee table that you're having a coffee, you'll learn things. And I think that's that's probably one of the, the greatest things about these kind of events. It's getting people together with a common outcome, if you like. Yeah, these are these are mainly people um, that are, you know, in, involved day-to-day with programs at, at a senior level. <clears throat> so it's, you know, these are people, they've got enough experience to know, you know, where a test program is likely to unravel and they'd know that early on, you know, so if, if either as you know, going in as a, as, as a consultant or, you know, working within the business, they'd stop you. And this is what I think part of my job is as a consultant is when I go and see a client, as I stop them, you know, stepping into those bear traps that, that everybody makes, because, you know, you know, over the 12 years I've been doing it, pretty much every cock up that you can make within the industry, I will have done. And, and you know, and now you can see them coming a mile off. The level of people that you, you've got on the, this talk will, that's what they bring. They they help you avoid making some of those more obvious mistakes. 
Now, the cost of attending the conference is £195, which seems relatively inexpensive. But I know that some people inside organisations have to justify the fact that they're going and spending a day off from their business and going to be educated a little bit more. So it's not the £195 that matters, it's the lack of work. How do you think those people could justify being at this event to their bosses? It's a really good question, that, um, because obviously everybody's under under pressure. And if anything, you know, one of the things that the pandemic has, has brought is, well, you know, more people are working at home, uh, working longer hours. So, um, well, I guess you'd say, you know, you could make the time up. But I think the most important thing is it's really that, again, going back to that point about bear traps or mistakes that people make, This, that, what's the value of understanding what not to do and, and how to do things in the right way and how to avoid making a big mess? The value's got to be much more than a single day off work. Will this become an annual event? So as far as I understand, there's, we're intending to do another one in London in December. So actually, um, Experimentation Elite Day will be a biannual event. In terms of the awards, you know, I think that this you know, is now getting a little bit of currency. We've got entrants from all over Europe, including from some really, really big brands and also some of the better known um, experimentation agencies. So, you know, I'm hoping that um, the awards is going to become a you know, regular fixture. In terms of the, the events, then yes, I mean, certainly we're going to be doing a couple. <clears throat> the plan is to do a couple a year. Joe, just, just before we disappear... Um, if you could remind our listeners of the place and how to get registered and, you know, the date and time, that would be very useful. Yeah, so it's at the events at Central Venue St Paul's, 200 Aldersgate Street in London. And the um, the awards is the same day in the evening. Um, and that is at Lord's Brothers in Monument. And that's uh, on the 27th? All on the 27th of April, yeah. So it's a long day. And if I'm right, people need to register their interest and buy tickets at experimentationelite.com. Yeah, experimentationelite.com. Click on there. You can buy the tickets online. Joe, thank you very much. It's been an interesting conversation. Hopefully the awards will go as um, as anticipated. I know we've, we're up for one of the awards, hopefully. Let's see how we, we get on. So, Joe, thank you very much for your time. And um, I'll be listening in, if not physically there at the event on the day. Great, thanks, John.